0: Welcome to season two of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie L. Leeds, leadership and relationship coach by day, comedian and writer by night. I'm on a mission to host 100 million Witty and Wise Conversations that disrupt the way leaders think and the way the world lives in relationship to each other. No more welcome to my TED Talks or Dear Abby Advice Friends, it's time to start having powerful conversations, an exchange of ideas, without judgments or attachment to changing someone's opinion. We have four rules to guide our wit and wisdom exchange today. These rules are inspired by the Coactive Training Institute and create space for powerful connections and authenticity. Rule number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Rule number two, nobody gets to be right. Rule number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And rule number four, Everything is included. If your child walks in, your phone rings, whatever we say in this conversation, all of it stays in. We do not edit here. This conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen here. You will be heard. There is space for you. Everything is included. Conversation is meant to be a dance, an ebb and flow, a back and forth exchange of energies, thoughts, and emotions. The wit we bring to this conversation releases an endorphin known as the painkiller. You actually feel better when you laugh, and this is the election week here in America, so we definitely need some laughter in our lives. The wisdom we bring to this conversation, will let you decide what's wise and what's not. Um, but some negative information here today will impact you in, that. And in a powerful way. That is what I've come to know about all the outstanding women leaders I've interviewed on this podcast. But enough about me. Uh, well, i a few more things about me. Where you can find me, I'm supposed to tell you all this stuff in this episode. So outstanding women leaders on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. Write us a review. I know you're listening. I see that people are listening. So tell us what you like about it or tell us what you'd like to see or hear on the podcast. Uh, As a reminder, I also have three questions I always ask my guests at the end. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss them. If you've heard them, you already know what they are. Now it's really enough about me. Let's welcome our guest today, Kelly Lynn Adams. She is a certified executive leadership, life and mindset transformational coach, speaker, and creator of the Perfectly Imperfect podcast. She is also the founder of the After 5 Club, which has helped hundreds of high performers and overachievers, especially professional and corporate leaders, monitor their stress, manage their mindset, and maximize their time. Kelly Lynn has 13 plus years of success in helping helping multi-billion dollar multinational fashion and retail brands. She's helped so many people, I can't get the words out, like Gucci, DKNY, Kenneth Gold, Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, Just to name a few, she strengths and strategies in leadership, recruiting, coaching, corporate finance, HR, organizational design effectiveness, performance engagement, and stress management. She is a results-driven, polished communicator and presenter with robust training and coaching, leadership, and management skills in order to move individuals and organizations organizations forward in positive and productive ways. I looked her up as a coach. I was really impressed. I had a great conversation with her prior to this. Um, Kelly's great. Her mission here is to help others redefine success, manage their mindsets, and monitor stress in an effective, efficient way. We can't wait to hear her tips on how to manage and monitor stress right now and during a pandemic. Uh, being a trusted source of transformation, Kelly Lynn helps to create transformation by helping individuals, organizations, and companies move from where they are to where they want to be. And that is what coaching is all about. So welcome, Kelly.
1: Katie, thank you so much for having me. I love your intro and I love the rules of this podcast. Love, <laughs> love, love that. Yes. I
0: forgot to ask you if you would be okay with abiding by those rules before we came on. But it's sounds of course. like you to be all right with it.
1: <laughs> yes, of course.
0: Awesome. So how can we manage stress as leaders? And everyone listening, you are a leader. You are responsible for your world. Hopefully you voted and took participation in that responsibility. And if not, that's okay. We're ready to move you from where you are to where you want to be.
1: So how do we manage this? So my answer is going to be something that is going to shock people. (laughs) You know, it is not the normal meditate journal, you know, and all, all those things are great. Uh, my answer is play, play and pleasure. Um, and why I say that is because for years, like as my own, um, you know, high achiever type a personality go getter, I was not playing. Um, you know, I, I would have bouts of play. Like I would Maybe, you know, go out with girlfriends or go in a bar and drink, you know, do you know, do some of those things. Yet I was so focused and I really lost myself in my work. I mean, my worthiness, I always say this, my worthiness to some degree was wrapped up into, you know, how productive I was, what I got accomplished, um, what I looked like in the eyes of other people, you know, when I was in corporate, you know you know, reporting to CEOs and CFOs and, and how, how that would be, you know, and how they would perceive me. So I really put a lot of things on hold in my life, you know, um, getting really into, you know, romantic relationships, you know, I've had tons of romantic relationships, but I really, that wasn't the focus. Um, I put kids on hold, you know, having kids on hold, I put, a lot of things, my happiness, my happiness came from how much money I made to the shoes, what shoes I was wearing, what handbags I was carrying. Um, So I really, and not that any of that is bad. I I just want to preface that. However, I was putting all of that in front of and prioritizing it, you know, instead of my happiness, you know, instead of, what I felt was um, my calling, you know, and my desire. And play was kind of like, oh, play second. You know, when I get X, Y, and Z done, when my to-do list is crossed off, then I'll play. Uh, It was kind of a reward instead of an integration into my life.
0: Mm, I love the way you said that. And I love that you said play and pleasure. I, um, I just spent my weekend, Halloween weekend, in a erotic blueprint, path to passion, three-day workshop. There was a 12-hour day on Saturday, um, and it was all about um, pleasure first, which is not what we're taught, like you're not, that you're supposed to delay gratification, right? We're even teaching kids this, we're bragging about them, passing the marshmallow test as if somehow it's bad to, de- to not delay gratification uh, but there's a pretty su- substantial part of the population, like 10% of us with ADD and ADHD, that if we reward ourselves with play, um, like for me, that's comedy and laughter. Uh, that like that's a better reward system for us. Delaying that gratification doesn't actually um, pr- push us to work harder or or better necessarily.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And and you know when we play and when we have pleasure in our lives so there's i like to talk about like the masculine energy and the feminine energy we it doesn't matter if you're male female we we have both those energies if you're a male and you're female um and the masculine energy is the we and we need both by the way let me just be clear the masculine is the doing um the achieving you know the you you have to get ish done right And the feminine is more of the being and receiving and allowing and the fun. And so they have to work together. It's really like the yin and the yang. Mm -hmm. And think about it. Like when do people usually get their best ideas? I mean, it's different for everyone, but I know like when I'm in the shower, that's not usually play and pleasure, but it's it's relaxing the mind and it's like, oh, I'm taking a shower. I can kind of relax, you know, or... If you're, you know, on the beach, like you'll just get this amazing idea. So it, it also allows the brain to like relax to a certain point. And then it also enables you when we tap into that feminine energy, it's, it's the flow, it's the receiving, it's the surrendering of just creativity, right. To pop up and, and, you know, I have landed some of like my biggest kind of career moments when I've been in play. Like, yes, I've been pushing and, and, and doing all that and controlling, manipulating. However, you know, I like to say, like, I get clients when I'm playing, you know, like think about, you yeah. know, when golf courses or, you know, like business is done in play. Um, you know, I've landed in the media and, and gotten invitations because, you know, out of no, not out of nowhere, but just out of play, you know? Um, so I think it's really important for us to really, um, You know, welcome play. And I would say this, it's the embodiment of it. You know, I have a practice that my coach, uh, you know, guides me through, and it's called joy alarms. So I literally set my phone for three or four alarms throughout the day. And when that alarm goes off, it doesn't matter if I'm on the phone with the client, doesn't matter if, well, if I'm driving, I can't really do it. But really, like dancing, like just celebrating every time that alarm goes off. So, we can actually feel it in our body, you know, whether that's like screaming and yelling or dancing or whatever that is. So, that's a practice for me to really get into my body and embody the change Mm -hmm. and the pleasure and the play.
0: Yeah, I love that because it's beyond this gratitude where you're writing it, um, but you're just feeling it. And I think that is that missing ingredient. When we talk about gratitude journals, and I'm one of the first people that will tell you about meditation and gratitude journals. But I don't actually physically write a gratitude journal every day uh, because I'm just, that's just not how I operate. I'm not a box checker, but I will take the dog to the park and I will let him chase squirrels. Like I will run with him to chase squirrels. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And I know he's not going to catch him, but there's some people who give me some dirty looks like somehow I'm trying to kill a a squirrel. The squirrels are faster people. Okay. They're faster than I can run. (laughs) but it's, it's playful. It gets my heart rate up. So I know I'm getting some benefits for exercise. Um, and those are moments I'm grateful for because I have time in my day to walk the dog to the park. I'm not stuck to a desk job in the city, or I I don't have this commute. I'm just working from home. So I love that you've equated your definition of play, um, has expanded also into just being work. Can you tell me more about what
1: play looks like for you? Like, what do you constitute as play versus? Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I think it's different for everyone. Like, you know, uh, I, you know, sometimes, you know, it could be binging on the Masterclass series, you know, on, on Netflix. Like, it could be anything, like geeking out on whatever you find is pleasurable. Like, for me, it's dance um you know sometimes it's you know i don't really sing but i like to you know sing to songs i love um drawing you know it's and it's things that you know i really had to be like what did i like when i was a kid and some yeah. of those things i didn't like i'm like oh, i don't like to make pottery anymore you know like so i think it really depends on every everyone's unique you know uh, perspective and there's maybe things you haven't tried yet you know so i would encourage people to try and there's such a power in play you know because research shows, cause I was, you know, I'm working on a project called the power of play and research shows like play is not just fluff. It's actually proven. Like there's the neocortex in the brain. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but there's studies show that 30 minutes of play a day, like changes the way that you do business and changes literally your, your physical being. So I think it's so important. And you know what? Like you know, so some people play on social media, you know, I know there's that Netflix, uh, the social, what is it, social dilemma, where, you know, people can get hooked on the social media aspects of it. And I would just say, you know, listen, if, if you love social media, and that's your fun time, like play, you know, so I think play has a different definition for everyone. And it looks different uh, for everyone, you know, so I would just encourage people, you know, just to play because it's, you know, When I first started out coaching, I was all about like building business and like, you know, getting the goals and the achievements and a lot of the mindset work. And it's like, you can do all of that, right? Our thoughts, our reprogramming, all of that. And there also has to be that embodiment of it because, you know, when we experience trauma, because we all have trauma, like growing up as little kids, like whatever was said or done to us, we have trauma and it gets stored in our bodies. So, and again, I'm not a trauma expert. However, when we kind of let go and we play and we, right, we heal that and we start to reprogram our minds, we also have to reprogram our body and our being. So.
0: Yeah. So what coming up for me is my program for my coaching certification is the Coactive Institute. It's the being and the doing. And I, I love you talking about play that is tied to embodiment. It's something that I talk a lot about with my clients. And one of the first exercises I do with them is looking at when did you feel fully alive when you were a kid? Like, what were you doing? And when I look at my life and what I I love, what I've taken a stand for my entire life, which is that I've just always done what I love doing. Mm. And so when you're like, oh, your career as a teacher seven years, and then you did, then you went a CrossFit gym, like, yeah, because I didn't love doing that thing anymore, (laughs) And, and I was also not going to go against my value of um, of giving a hundred percent and being humble enough to say, I do, I'm, I'm not good at this anymore because I don't like it anymore. And I don't, this isn't play for me being a teacher when there's all these rules from the government coming down in my case. Um, so I, I love to help connect clients to their body for their play because we forget kids, like, Play is always about your body, and you end up being mindful when you're moving your body. You're aware of your hips moving if you're dancing. Um, you're aware if you're climbing a tree, um, what's happening. And so it's great for people to just reconnect with your body again. And I would encourage you to get off that social media.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so important. I mean, it's, you know, we don't play enough. And, you know, I'll say this. Um, I think with these times going on COVID election time, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, the Me Too movement, all of this, um, is coming up for us to, for it to be healed and to be acknowledged and to like really pull back the curtains and the layers of the onion. And a lot of people are kind of having this, like, oh-ish moment where it's like, wow, like reassessing their lives and reassessing like, what is truly going to make me happy? And what do I stand for? And what have I been tolerating? And what have I been putting up with? And I think it's a beautiful thing. And it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people, especially, you know, I see a lot of this in like the corporate America people, right? Like the individuals that are, you know, maybe it's like a position that they're not having fun. They're not joy. You know, it's just a paycheck to them. And it's like, wow, all of this, all of this, that's coming up for everyone. It's making people realize like, what is the true essence of life? And are you happy? Like, who are you? Like, so it's, it's all of these bigger questions and there could be fear around it too. Right. Cause a lot of people, Maybe they were, you know, they went to school, they, they kind of in this box life where all they knew was one path. And it's like, wow, how can I shift and transform into something else that I really love or, or really craving over here? And it doesn't have to be, oh, I just do that on the weekends. It could be like, I do that every day. So I think this is a beautiful moment. Uh, it's an uncomfortable moment. Trust me, I've been uncomfortable so much during this year. And it's, and you know this too, in the uncomfortables where transformation occurs, where growth occurs, right? We're always changing, we're always growing. And I think it's such a beautiful moment for us to like awaken. We're getting rattled and shaped for a reason.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Cause I mean, in my world on the outside, technically if I were to tell people about like losing my job and COVID and like all the different things that have happened, starting a business <laughs> right two months before COVID hit, um, it's it would be like, oh man, this has been a really hard time for you. But I already had my own personal pandemic when I got divorced and had to sell the business and start a brand new life over where nothing was the same. And I it's interesting, like knowing people's experiences, I feel like I've really crushed 2020. Mm. I haven't allowed 2020 to crush me. And that's such a privilege for me to speak on to that in, in many, many ways. Uh, but it's interesting to hear people you talking about people looking for like reassessing their life and like, what am I tolerating? Um, because I just, when the pandemic happened and I no longer had a job I had to tolerate, I was like, cool, <laughs> right? Like uh, great time to collect unemployment guys. It's at an all time high for a little period of time. Uh, I haven't seen the check yet, but I'm also, I talked to my assembly person and I'm hopeful that although the election's over, I don't know if they need me anymore, but hopefully <laughs> hopefully the state of New Jersey is going to come through. Um, but what do you see people like looking at letting go of the most in your coaching business right now?
1: Yeah. I think it's like shedding the old identity, like of who they are. It's like, who are you? Like it, it's, it's the identity. Cause we're so wrapped up in our, in our identity, you know, like, and it's um, not being afraid to speak up. Like and this is what I've stepped into personally this year through, cause you know, I have a coach and in my transformation, it's like, you can't take people where you haven't been right. Or, or where you're willing to go. And so for me, like it, I've been doing this personal development growth work like for years, like over like 14, 15 years now. And there's still like layers of the onion. Right. So it's like, stepping into like, where can you step more into your power? Where can you speak your truth authentically? Where can you just say what you want to say with no filters? You know, where can you not care about what other people think? Um, it's a lot of that. It's like coming out and just like being who you are, uh, with unapologetically and you're, you know what, you're going to piss people off. You know, and, and this is what I like to say. It's like, You're going to, people are going to love you. People are going to hate you. And great, right? And that's where it's like, yes, you want people to love you. You want people to hate you. Like, that's where the rubber meets the road. Like, you're not going to be all things to all people. And I see a lot, like, in my clients, especially, like, this emotional labor where they're doing things for other people or they're, like, in their mind, they're like, oh, you know, they're not delegating because they think they have to be, you know, superwoman. You know, maybe they're not doing Amazon Prime and they're still food shopping, or maybe they need to hire a cleaning lady or a nanny, but you know, they're like, no, I can do it. It's like, no, right. It's, it comes down to like, what am I allowing and tolerating and what do I need help with? So I think it's really just being like really stepping in and the work's never done, right. It's just like, you're stepping in deeper and deeper to who you are. It's kind of like the unlearning. It's like, we we're babies. And where we come into this world pure and amazing and beautiful, and then we get programmed, which is great because we need it to live. And, you know, we get programmed from all these messages from teachers, from parents, from friends, from, you know, school, all of that, from social media, you know, the, the public. And then it's like, we kind of have to unlearn a couple things. And, um... Yes. Yeah. that's
0: what, what I love about that, you, you made that connection. So the brain is developing, right? Until you hit 25 to 30. Uh, and then you have full access to your prefrontal cortex. And so there actually is some rewiring that has to happen. Um, and I think people understanding their brains and how their brains work, it, it would be really helpful for people on that rewiring journey. So you understand like the fight or flight and what you're feeling and that experience is happening in your amygdala. And you also have these techniques to uh, access your prefrontal cortex immediately. So when we talk about play, like I think about the doctors, the nurses, they're like, bitch, I can't play during the day. Like I'm saving lives, right? But there's still some techniques you can do for 10 seconds to get a little PQ meditation rep that Positive yes. Intelligence talks about, and that can be play for your mind. I mean, giving yourself the chance to like wiggle your toes. Like I didn't know that I, what that toe felt like next to the little one that went wee 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 all the way home. Like I legit did not know like how to move that toe for a while until I started doing these guided meditations where it was. And like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, so I'm meditating in that. I'm not thinking about the 85 things on my list and how I can manage everything. And then when you start to take back control of your thoughts, uh, it can be really powerful when you do that coupled with embodiment and starting to check in. I have my clients check in with their bodies before they say, hell yes, or hell no, or the middle is just no. And when they say no, um, it means I'm not going to change my mind today. It means no, but it also means you're going to spend some time with it and just see like, where in your body does that feel? No, but, but why doesn't it feel hell? No. And, and why didn't it feel hell? Yes. And there's so much wisdom. And it sounds crazy to ask yourself a question like, Hey body, where do you feel that? Like what's going on? Um, and you're not schizophrenic, but you'll hear a voice, I promise. <laughs> like, yes. and, uh, and that's a, it's a skill that we, I think we check in as kids, right? Like we fall down and we check in with ourselves to decide if we're going to cry and let people know that we need some comfort. And then we move on in, in, within a few minutes or we throw our tantrum because a need wasn't met. And, and then we move on for a few minutes. I think for people to slow down and just think about like, where am I feeling this? And and it will offer so much information to you.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of goes with like the whole muscle testing, like muscle testing the yes and the no, like the body is amazing, like it it totally knows. And I love that you say like as a kid, right, we like take for instance um, learning how to walk. You know, like and I'm, I'm all, this is just top of mind because I have a niece who's 2 years old and I see her like you know, she gets up, she gets back to, you know, she falls down, she gets up. And there's not really too much time where she's thinking like, oh, should I get back up? Because if I fall again, you know, like, what is that going to make, you know, am I, that? does that make, mean I'm a failure? So that's like where the ego plays with our mind. So I think it's like, yeah, having that like childlike wonder and, and being like, because they just, you know, they they sit there, they play with boxes, you know, they can get them all, all the amazing toys, yet they want to sit with, like, and play with sticks and boxes, right? So it's like, where can we just have that childlike wonder? And I think when we play, however we play, that it brings back that, like, oh yeah, like that freeness and that surrender and that, Great yeah. Activity. Like
0: right now I'm imagining maybe the next time I want to play for five minutes because I have only five minutes is to like be enamored with a cardboard box. I'm yeah. not kidding. Like, <laughs> like really see the detail of the color and like really notice. And like that actually your mind is, it's, is playing in that moment. You're being mindful and you actually are strengthening your, your, the gray matter in your prefrontal cortex. So it sounds as silly as that sounds like little kids are playing with objects that we use because they're curious about the objects that we use. We don't use their toys. They're not curious about them. And then here we are as adults where we're not actually curious about the shit that's in front of us every day. You know, I I literally noticed on this little calendar I have, well I noticed today that it said October. Um, but like four days ago, I noticed that it is in a a costume. (laughs) But this thing sits on my desk right here. And it was, you know, a couple days before October was over before I even realized the detail of this. And and that's just a small example. And that's playful. Like I laughed at that. I literally bought this to bring me joy. And then I didn't even spend time looking at the thing. You know, when was the last time you walked up to those Manolos that you bought and just stared at them for five minutes like a little kid and wonder and awe of how they're made? that's play when we, and we, we don't think of those things as play, but they are.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the slowing down to speed up, you know, and, and, you know, everyone thinks, oh, slowing down to do have to take it slower. Do I have to... Not necessarily. It's like, it's just being like more aware, you know, and, and P, it's not being you know lazy. And it is like, it, it can be an end conversation. Um, and it's, you know, slowing down to speed up. Cause we're so like, Oh my gosh! Talk about social media and talk about like our goals, and we're so focused. Especially like the entrepreneurial leaders, and you know, really like powerful women like tuning in. It's like we're such in a go, 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 and you don't have to be a Type A personality, but like, you know, we're just we tend to just do, 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 and it's like when can we just kind of more of the beingness, you know, the slowing yeah. down.
0: Yeah, I love the being. We also in Coactive we have the what's called balance, and what. It strikes me as like the definition that we use of balance is so different. So when we think of work like balance, we think of like we're doing work this amount of time, and then we have fun this amount of time. But balance for Coactive is about perspective. Mm. And so one of the games that we play and is you know you grab an object. And so I would ask you, you know, give me a topic, whatever topic you have right
1: now. What's coming up for you right now? Oh, topic. me? We're gonna play uh,
0: this game, yeah.
1: Oh, I don't even know. Um, okay, my my program. My your program. program. All right. Yeah. So when you think about your program,
0: if you were to think about your program from the perspective of this pink cup,
1: what perspective does this cup have? What perspective does it Um, It's like, like what it like circular. It's like all inclusive. That's what I think.
0: Ooh, all inclusive. Okay. And so from the perspective of all inclusivity, when you think about your program, what comes up for you?
1: Um, just allowing any woman who has the desire yet yeah, to learn and to grow to be welcomed into the, to the container,
0: the container into the, the container. cup. I love that. That's the cup perspective. And so then if I were to bring out these pink, once again, you see a theme, um, iPhone, earbuds, the wireless ones, what perspective does this have?
1: Um, listening. How can we listen more? Mm-hmm. Yes, I love this game.
0: Yeah, and then I have this coaster.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that
0: with the K on it. Hey, yes, um, you can't. It's uh, it's very smooth. It's from Anthropology, so it was way too expensive.
1: It's beautiful. Um, from
0: the perspective of this coaster, when mm-hmm. you start your program,
1: um, luxurious mm-hmm. and beautiful, and yeah, I would just say f- it's, to me, it's fun.
0: Mm, I love that. Out of all, I'll, let's do one more. Um, we'll do one more. Um, scissors, purple this time, not pink. Man, these have been around for, with me for a while. I have no idea how these made it. Um, when you think of scissors, what perspective do you have?
1: Of my program? Um, cutting out like the mind trash. That's what we work on. Mm, love it. So
0: out of all four of those perspectives of this container of inclusivity, mm-hmm. cutting out the stuff, the luxurious, um, or the listening, like when you think of your program, what's the one thing that you'd want people to take away? Which perspective?
1: I would say all of them, but I think the, the first one of like the, all the inclusivity, like being a, you know, just being open and, and like, there's no judgment here, being welcomed being like to me, cause inclusivity means like, everyone is being heard and understood and seen and felt and all of that and acknowledged. So that, yeah, that would be important
0: for me. I love that. And so see guys, you can play with the objects around. I love it. We bought this shit for a reason, right? Like I have, you know, this four pack of like 30 or $40 coasters for a reason. Like I need, you should use them um, when you feel stuck. You know, and you think about what perspective, it sounds so silly, but you're bringing your brain into that right brain, little kid, creativity, like, okay, well, how the fuck does a cup think, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's play, and that's productive play. Uh, I If I ever build my empire again where I have employees when I build it it's being built right now um this is an idea of a meeting of hey guys everybody's like whiteboarding their ideas like those things are cool but I want you to bring in a bunch of objects <laughs> and let's get some unique perspectives and what do we feel like what's what resonates and I love that what resonates for you is inclusivity and and how important mm-hmm. that is for your program
1: yeah i love that. I love that little game that you play because it is it's so powerful because then also it's like well, you're kind of a comedian, right? like they say don't you remember things when and learn things quicker when you laugh, like laughter' is such medicine, right so yeah,
0: well, you get a little surge of some hormones and um and you know when you're creating habits, you're short and your long term memory, they live right next to your basal ganglia, which is where you, your habits form. And so in your short-term memory is there too. So if you're connecting a perspective, to something funny, uh, it, yeah, it's going to stick with you. Right. Uh, and that's, that's the hope. That's why I try to bring in the humor, particularly when we're talking about things that are tough. You know, if you want to go through, um, perspective of the election, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, for some people, there's still like, if we approach it with, there's 10% positive here, like Um, sometimes we can't find that positive and that's where it's fun to play a perspective game and like, well, what would the coaster think?
1: (laughs) Yes. I love that. Thank you for playing. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you for like embodying it (laughs) right on the spot.
0: We play some other embodiment games too, that you might like, um, that the last one, we have synergies. We're putting all these concepts together and we did not speak and we coached each other on a topic.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. And so what was crazy for me in that moment is I picked the word own it. And my CrossFit gym that I have is Q-Town CrossFit. And I have a shirt. And so it's spelled out own it. And we had it in blue letters. And I was wearing the shirt. And I'm like, I want to own like my actual story, not the bullshit story that I wrote for myself because we write our own stories. People influence our writing, but we write our own stories. It's a choice. Um, But I couldn't speak. So all I could say was own it. And so it started out with like grabbing a water bottle is like I owned it and like told people they couldn't have it. And then I wanted to like go into the judgment side of own it. And I wanted to kind of represent like owning it's kind of bad. But my body, like I couldn't come up with an idea of how to show that with my body. The minute that we stopped the exercise and like sat down, I was like, oh, I could have done this. I had like eight ideas. And it's interesting. Like your body will take your mind where it goes. So like if your body moves this way, you know your mind is moving this way too. So it was interesting for me to see that perspective of if I only can sit in joy with my if my body's only doing a joyful thing. Yes. Um, there's a video that went viral a while back. It's like this little girl. Um, she's a little Asian girl, and she's crying while she's doing this like play, and it's it's hilarious. She's crying the whole time, but she's still doing the movements. Like she's committed to moving. Oh, that's great. Um, And that's kind of how I felt. It was like, all right, well, if I just, you know, if my body is doing something joyful, can my mind really be sad? Uh, It's hard. Like it's hard.
1: Exactly. That's and that's exactly like what I'm doing with the joy alarms. It's like every time that alarm goes off, it's like, and it's so funny because sometimes my mind will be in a not so great place, and I'm like oh, I got to dance again. And then I'm like, yes, I do. And then like after the minute or two, I'm like, wow, like it shifts. Right. So I love that, that you're saying like, yeah, the body really like the body can control the mind. control yeah. the mind. Yeah. Well, your body will give up, your
0: mind will give up before your body does. So like you kind of have the mind body does have to yeah. work together and you you'll love this erotic blueprint stuff. I'll have to send you a link to see what you yeah. are. So it's giving you um, your love language, but from an erotic persona. And what's interesting, because it aligns so much with all the other neuroscience work I've done with positive intelligence and there's saboteurs, Mm -hmm. only this work calls it the shadow. And what's interesting is the energetics, um, whether you are a full energetic or you have parts of you that are energetic, dancing or moving your body grounds you. Mm. And when you get grounded and like back into your body, you're no longer like out here Yes. Um, right. And so it'd int- it be interesting to see, like, are you an energetic? And that's one of the ways that you can ground yourself is by moving it. And there's yes. different music, right? So if you're a different blueprint, is they have different music that represents your blueprint. Uh, my, I'm a shapeshifter, no surprise. My. <laughs> and when I look at my saboteurs, like my saboteurs could be people pleaser or mm. um, an avoider. And so if you're a shapeshifter, like you can shape you can have pleasure from anybody's uh, love language, but that doesn't mean it necessarily fully honors your own so you can end up people pleasing. So there's a lot of overlap, um, but talking about pleasure first, I was like, man, this sounds a lot more fun than like thinking about my demons. Like (laughs) like it was so much more enjoyable to look at like how I communicate in a way that's not Mm self-serving from a sexual side than it was for me to think about it in the corporate side. But the two would be the exact same, right? Yes. And how they create a safe container is this hell yes, hell no, or a no, and feeling it in your body, and you're not allowed to change your no to a yes. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, and what's interesting about that is because in coaching, like we, you can feel this, like you know what, you know what, no, I will do this thing. And we don't want that. We want yeah. you to feel really grounded when you're making that decision. So I love that container that they created mm. uh, as they were, like, they were doing it and exploring, like, sexual toys. Um, mm, but even creating that. that container in an idea place, right, where you're having a leadership team meeting and it's, uh, we need to sit with things, uh, although maybe the, uh, the opposite of that would be the yes and, which they also do as well, which is, you know, yes. And what I love about this idea <laughs> and. Yes,
1: you know, exactly.
0: Um, any other advice that you have or transformation tips or just experiences that you can share with our audience about really connecting with play and transforming their lives as a result?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, I think the mindset piece is very important too. And I think, uh, you know, I like when you said like the whole reprogramming and I like to think about, um, kind of like think about a forest and like a pathway that's not a pathway yet you know so we we have to make this a habit and i don't i don't like the word have to but we get to where right? we get to choose to make this a habit every day and i think people can easily forget that you know and i think a tip here would be you know just to to do it every day kind of like brushing your teeth and like getting in the shower like just make it a point to play and to experience pleasure however that looks for you and i think that's so important and then also, you know, it can also mean, like embodiment to me also means you can do the mirror work, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying like, just simply like, I am beautiful, you know, like over and over and over. There's another um, tip that my coach has me do where it's, you know, whatever I'm working on, you know, whether it's the money area of my life, everything's connected by the way, money or relationship area of my life or health, uh, whatever it is, I'll have like an affirmation uh, or two, and I will have to repeat the affirmation 22 times, right? For say 22 days. And that it really, um, you know, it really ingrains, you know, in you that it becomes part of you and becomes part of your container. And so I think the repetition and and not to make it boring, you know, because then I think a repetition and I think a mundane, and it's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't, you get to choose what that is, right? It could be in the morning, the night, it could be spontaneous. Uh, And I would say, pick something that you really love, you know? So for the 22 days, like, I was so excited that I get to speak out loud. I think there's something also about speaking out loud in your body, because when you speak out loud, you're declaring and decreeing something to be true. Uh, So, and your words are so powerful, you know. I had another coach say, you know, your words create your world. And I think that's so true. And it's just being cognizant of how are we speaking? And it's not like, oh, we have to watch every single word that comes out of our mouth, but the the subtle shifts that we can make, you know, like, oh, I have to do this. No, you actually get to do this. Like uh, working out. Oh, I have to work out today. Well, no, you get to work out because you have maybe all your limbs, and you're not sick, or you don't have COVID. You know, so we can we can really like just it's a shift in perception. Mm,
0: yeah, I love that. Uh, what clients are you most excited about working with right now? Like, who is the client that you're like, Ooh, I can't wait to help transform your life?
1: Yes, and you know what? It's, I, I don't like to say like I never like to be called like oh like take responsibility for their transformation because you know, I never want to be the guru. Like I want my clients to come to me and then like really never need me again. Like I don't want it to be a codependent relationship. And so the transformation part, right? Yes. That, and I, and I think, you know, there's some people that, uh, you know, I've worked with coaches for years, you know, years and, and then I've shifted. So me personally, I don't like to be, you know, I like to be the co-creator in their lives. And, you know, the person I love to work with is kind of a version of me, you know, it's, uh, you know, this one client, she's a She's like fierce. She's powerful. She's, and and it's like the dichotomy that I, that I have too. It's like, she's grounded and she's like, has this business acumen yet. She's like, so woo woo. And she gets it, you know, like she can go off the woo woo spiritual like bandwagon. Um, but not spiritual bypass. Like I, I don't, I'm not into that. So it's, it's, it's the groundedness and, you know, and the willingness, like I love, and she's so willing, but I love when clients are willing and I'll say this willing and have their own discernment. Cause I know at a point in my time, I was so willing to do whatever, you know, I would, I would look at some of my coaches being like, Oh, I want to be you. And then I wouldn't use my own discernment. So I love when clients, and sometimes that has to be taught, right, and learned, but I love when clients are willing and have their own discernment, and they're doing the work, you know? And so, yeah, that's my, like, ideal client, and she's grounded, she's woo-woo, she gets it, um, and she's just, she's also, like, stepping into her power and, like, coming more into herself. And, um, and I do coach men and women, by the way. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I do have two male clients, um, and they're more actually executive, uh, type clients, which is interesting to me. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, like every, I would say every person that comes into your life, every client is either an aspect of you or it's kind of like you're co creating. So yes, I'm the student and the teacher. In that relationship, and so is the other. You know, so is the client, student, and teacher. And um, yeah, so that's what I would say is like that's that's the ideal client. And there's no, there's it's not like so specific. And I would say it's like a soul knowing. You know, it's a yeah. soul like yeah, it's a soul knowing. It's the energetic knowing. It's um, you know, I I have referred people out that I, you know are just not a right fit for me. Uh, and a right nor more right fit for them. And I know it, and you know, I don't want to take someone's time, money, money, energy, and attention. If I know I won't be able to serve them the best way, you know, that they need to be served. So I think for me, it's, it's kind of like when you're dating, right? Like you feel that, and you know, like you're like, no, this is not right. So it's the same thing in, in how I take my clients on it. It has to be an energetic, match and 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 match on kind of all levels and so yeah. yeah i could not agree
0: more and i as i am i'm entering a certification program since COVID, so i'm like how else can i learn in addition to neuroscience and coaching um and so for the coactive, i'm like i have these five clients who who give up a little bit of their confidentiality and agree to be recorded only for these learning purposes um, so I give a discounted rate for that. And so I think about, okay, like who do I really want to work with then at a ridiculously cheap rate? Cause it'll bring me joy. Um, and sometimes, and so sometimes I find like people that when they get into coaching, you've been in the space for a long time. So it's different for you, but for new people that get into coaching, sometimes we don't, we get excited because our clients are moving forward. Right. And we're valuing our self-worth and whether or not our clients are, are doing something amazing. And I find that the teacher in me really loves to work with clients, um, that are looking for one year long transformation. Like they understand, um, I have anxiety or I have depression or, you know, they're not ready for, um, some type of particular coaching that would push them into goals. Like some of these clients, I don't even like, I expect them to not do homework for months. Yes. Um, and what we do is we just learn more about what homework until we find a homework assignment that resonates and. And build a new neural pathway that that suggests for them like gives them a place to uncover like why don't i actually like to do these things um but i can't do all those clients that's too many and so so the other part of me um i'm an entrepreneur i owned businesses and so i love helping people um that i you know the people that should have the money to invest in themselves like they sh- you should say i should invest the amount of money that frightens me I'm going to build something that doesn't even seem possible, but it's fun to be able to offer a really cheap rate for people that, um, that you just believe in. And like, you just know, like, yep, this is going to be fun in six months. You are going to hopefully continue to hire me, but you'll be able to pay me what I actually charge. Um, like those things are fun. So those things are kind of, like lining me up now, but I love that you mentioned that you kind of your energy as you shift, you know, the clients that you attract also shift, because uh, we are just so multifaceted as people. I also am divorced. So I also, of course, end up coaching people that have gone through a pretty big transition in that way. But I find that my diversity of my own experience means I can't have all the clients be like me. Like I need to have diversity for me to right. be able to, because uh, as coaches, for people listening that are not coaches, like we take a stand for you and we, um, you, were, you were with us. You're, you're, our energy is there for you all the time. And so you have to be really intentional about who you're able to serve. So I love that about about all the work that you're doing. Uh, it's great to have, uh, meet a coach who's just, who has a coach. I find that that's also sometimes missing for coaches is you have to practice what you preach. Of course, you should have a coach um, because you know how powerful it is. Uh, and you know that when you're doing something amazing, you need to have that amazing support. People, the CEO of Google gets a coach for a reason. And mm-hmm. so, right? So why would you, as a CEO of your own company, not want to take advantage of having your own coach?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I would say this, like, you know, some people, are, you know, they get hung up, like, in, especially in this develop, self-development world. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't have a coach for six months. And, and like, oh my, what does that mean about me, right? So I don't want to paint the picture like, not everyone needs a coach. Um, I would say no one needs a coach, but yeah, no one. Yeah. but there are times in your life where you're like, you know what, I need a coach to kick yeah. my ass. Exactly. Well, it's, it's kind of like, like think the uh, think of the Olympians, right? That, like think about the actors and actresses. Like a lot of them have coaches, right, to get them to either that next level or to you know, kind of what you're doing, like these year long um, contracts. It's like. Yeah, like things that are getting in the way and going deeper, right? Into their world and into their mind and everything. So it's um yeah, not no one needs a coach and and they do, right? Like so it's it's like kind of like this end situation. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. And I don't think it's, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a requirement. Um however, I know just from my own I can only speak for me and and my clients, right? It has been, you know, there's been so much transformational shifts when I do have a coach, you know, um, and working with my clients. Because my whole thing is um, I become a better coach when I have a coach and also as I'm serving other people and and holding that container with them and learning more about myself and others and all that. So
0: Absolutely. Um, For me, coaching also is an opportunity for me to go with what I can't be with. Because as a coach, we can only go with our clients wherever we've been ourselves, Uh, which is why I did the path to passion, like talking about sex and like, and like, and and like coming into that community. I'm like, all right. So the Midwest made it to me really came out here, guys. Um, But also, you know, I imagine that a lot of the people in my room would feel the same way if they walked into something I was hosting where everybody looked like me. You know, I was the, I was kind of the outlier in that. Community, but wow, it was so amazing! I learned so much. I'm gonna host a workshop with, uh, she was on the podcast, uh, sex coach stacy Cedro, and uh, sharing a little bit more about the blue, erotic blueprint, but the neuroscience behind it as well, and um, and the work that they're doing is just. i like, all right, well, this is an area. It's, I mean, everything is connected.
1: Yeah.
0: So if this isn't something that I would necessarily want to talk about, particularly for men that I coach. Um, I think it's true for women as well, but you, you fix your sex life, your work life's going to get great. Um, and, and where you find that you can't communicate your needs in the bedroom often they are going to match the boardroom. They just, yes. great. Um So I know that my, uh, sh- my saboteurs or my shadows are avoiders. So I'm like, all right, if this is where I would avoid, then I have to go and do it and it's going to feel uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, but that's where the magic happens.
1: Yes, I love that when you're saying like shine the light on whatever is right. If you feel uncomfortable, that's like your invitation to go in. And what I like to say too is like, you know, pleasure and play bring profit. Like it brings profit, it brings prosperity. It's all connected. And even like from an energetic like chakra, if we're talking about chakras. You know, the chakra that is sex. Is also money, so it's like sex and money and power. Look at all, that! All lie in that chakra, so it's it is a hundred percent exactly what you're saying. It's all connected. Uh, so yeah, it's like looking looking more into that. Like where where am I hiding? Where am I avoiding? Where am I right? Not stepping in, leaning into. And we all have different versions, right? It's it's no one's perfect, and that's you know. So it's, yeah. it's very interesting.
0: Yeah. They also talk about the different, so they talk about stages and phases and I loved how they use this language. So, you know, a phase is a longer period of time. So for example, postpartum, you are in a phase of not having sex. You just gave birth to a baby. Where um, a stage could be that day. Um, it could, uh, a stage would be maybe a couple of days and looking at the different places you could be in where you're at rest. And all of those were really just judgment-free areas. So it was a place for you to look at. It was a, lang- a universal language to use among people to say, you know, this is the stage that I'm in right now, or this is the phase I'm in. I think about that equating to life or work even. Mm. There are times at work where you are you need to be in a phase of rest, which is what you're talking about a little bit with play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there can be stages of rest. Uh, you, If your phase gets too long, then you have some problems. But I love that they did it in such a judgment-free way and had these different labels for what you could call these areas of your life. And for women on a a 28-day cycle, you definitely are going to see a huge difference. Uh, And paying attention to that allows you to communicate better with your partner. And that's just getting connected once again to your body, which is where we started this whole conversation, right? Is if you're aware, like, And I'll be really intimate here. Like we were, I was talking with with Stacy about it. Like if if I don't like, uh, like my cervix moves during my cycle, and so there's a couple days right before where my cervix, you're gonna poke me in the cervix. It's gonna hurt. Like like stop.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And
0: uh, but that but at the same time, it doesn't mean I don't have a sex drive. It just means I don't want penetration. And like so it's listening to your body and like being aware of where you're at versus judging yourself and being like, Oh, here I am again, like five times in a row. You want, I didn't want to have sex. Mm It's it's just, it's just a nice language. We don't, we're so judgmental. I think oftentimes for ourselves when we're looking at, Oh, I haven't, I haven't put a proposal together in a week, you know, well, maybe you're in a phase of rest. What is this time kind of telling you, like checking in with your body? So all about embodiment. I love it. Just talked about my sex life on here for the first time. That's fun. Before we go today, I have three questions I ask every guest. The first one is, what is your superpower?
1: Oh, um, connecting with people and connecting people. Mm, I love that.
0: Uh I usually ask people what their purpose is, but I'm changing up my question. So Mm -hmm. get ready. Um, What are you willing to take a stand for with your clients? Like where you're willing to say the thing that may make them fire you, but you're willing to stand up for it for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, anything that needs to be said. I say like, leave nothing unsaid, even if they do hate me. Um, And even if I do, like I will offend in the name of service. Mm.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. Last question is, what's next for you?
1: <laughs> I don't know. God has some big plans. Um, you know, I don't know. Actually, I'm very open right now. Um, you know, I am going to be writing a book. So that is something that's next for me. And, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that writing a book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does any, is, is what's next for you involve like a single man? Do we
0: need to know anything about that?
1: Oh yeah. So yeah, you know, that could be, yep. A, a partnership. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm also
0: a connector, so I'll keep my ears and eyes open. Yay!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Where can people
1: find you, follow you and all the fun things? Yeah. So kellylynnadams.com. And then uh, that's my handle on all the social media platforms.
0: Great. And when your episode airs live, you can head to my Instagram, my Linktree bio, and her episode will be linked there as well as her website. So you can find out more information about her. Uh, And I will give you the last word. I talk a lot. So I'll give you the last word today. What what witty and wise conversation do you want to leave us on?
1: Yeah. You know, I would just say, um, you know, if something is pulling at your heart, and it's on your on your mind it's kind of like if you see something that you want to buy and you don't buy it and you're like i have to buy it within like 24 or 48 hours later like that type of you know wanting i would say like do it and we all have that thing and even if you don't know what it is yet uh just be open to being curious and playful and just know that like whatever is sitting on your heart and in your head like You are meant to do it. Even if there's a million people doing the same thing, like no one can do it the way you do it. So, Thank you
0: so much. This was so much fun. Thank you for stopping by today. Thank you so much for having me.